0: December 2nd. A shocking death. Mr John Ramage, the owner of a successful, if unpopular, building firm and a successful and unpopular pacemaker, electrocuted to death by faulty lights on a display Christmas tree at the local garden centre. Hardly the most reliable builder, we can at least say Mr Ramage is now finished in time for Christmas. (coughs) Lately flying all the snow with a hey, ha 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 ho ha, ho, with leggings ringing gaily, singing merrily we go. Dead Vent Calendar A Merry Murder Mystery in 24 Crimes. Written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington.
1: Christmas is a time for tradition, and for all his posing, my friend has as many Christmas traditions as anyone else. Not that I ordinarily indulge him in this or anything, but after his humiliation in the pub the previous evening, I was stung by seasonal sentimentality. So it was on that morning of the 2nd December, I found myself on a train from London Bridge on the way to the Sussex village of... in pursuit of one of them. I've never asked why we had to travel all the way down into Sussex every year to fetch back a Christmas tree, with which to infuriate the rush hour crowds and sap what little Christmas spirit they might have left at the end of a working day, I suspected I wouldn't have gotten a straight answer if I had. I assumed that given how hard it was, involving train journeys, walking about the countryside, carrying trees, swearing at each other, and enduring the dirty looks of tired office workers, it had to be an important tradition. And most important Christmas traditions are childhood ones. Childhood traditions are the most convoluted, most necessary, and most embarrassing. I didn't question it. Besides, what is Christmas without a little mystery? Little was I to know that the Christmas mystery that was going to begin here, in this harmless village, in the harmless suburbia of the harmless home counties, was going to be darker than either of us could ever have suspected. The village had been not much of anywhere until some enterprising Victorian had decided to put a train station in it, and even a hundred years after the fact, it still felt like it was struggling to come to terms with it, like a teenager undergoing a growth spurt, suddenly finds himself with limbs that are too long, which he doesn't know what to do with. All of its roads were too small, and none of its shops fit. We walked from the station to a garden centre on the edge of town. Garden centres are what places like this have, instead of charm. Every year this place sectioned off a corner of its car park for a stand of furs, as if the Grimm brothers had opened a small franchise there, selling talking animals and lost princesses and child baking ovens with which to decorate the suburban gardens. This year, at the center of the small Bavarian forest was an enormous tree, twice the height of all the others, which had apparently been covered with every light and decoration they had in stock. Christmas is a time for gaudiness, but in the cold light of day, it looked like it had overdressed for the occasion. My friend took the business of choosing a tree seriously and set about examining each one with the aid of a tape measure and magnifying glass while I watched the steady stream of silver Japanese cars ferrying old people to coffee and cake in the garden centre cafe. I'd have liked some coffee and cake myself, but it was not to be. We were perhaps halfway through the desultory little grove when a massive black 4x4 with tinted windows took the turn into the car park far too fast, scattering panicked pensioners and squealed to a sloppy stop across two parking spaces in front of the trees. There was a thumping from inside that could have been someone giving the driver a thorough beating, but which was probably the sound system. The driver's door opened to a blast of Chris Rea's driving home for Christmas, turned up far louder than it ought to be, which is anything above inaudible. A man in late middle age got out. He was wearing a bright red baseball cap with a Ferrari logo on the front and wrap-around mirrored sunglasses, a green gillet with a pink polo shirt that tucked into his carefully ironed stonewashed jeans held his expensive beer belly proud of his florid belt buckle. He slammed the door, hitched up his trousers with a jingle of keys, and stumped towards the trees. "'Desmond!' he shouted. "'Can I help you, sir?' said one of the young people in garden centre uniform. "'Not you!' bellowed the man. "'I want Desmond!' "'Desmond!' An older man came out from between the trees where he'd been helping a mother with a baby buggy. "'Oh, Mr Remmidge!' said the man. Uh, What can we do for you? I want a tree. What do you think? A car? No, I don't need any more cars, said the man, looking round to make sure he was being overheard. Got plenty of those. Well, uh, of course, said Desmond, more equitably than Ramage deserved. I thought, uh, Freddie here can help you. I'm just with somebody. You're with me, said Ramage. I don't want the monkey. I want, he smiled a smile without mirth in it, the bigger monkey. My friend touched me on the shoulder. "'Watch this,' he said, and disappeared into the trees. "Uh, "'Well, uh, have a look round,' said Desmond. "Uh, "'Let me know what you like.' "'Don't need to look round,' said Ramage, "'because I know what I like, and I get what I like, and I want that.' And he gestured at the big over-decorated tree in the middle. "'That do lovely,' he said, then raised his voice a little. "'Go in the entrance hall. two storeys high, big staircase, that in the middle.' couldn't care less myself but the missus wants it so that's the one but that's just here for the decoration said desmond for decorating my house said ramage it's not really for sale said desmond everything's for sale said ramage digging in his pocket 100 cash 150 with the decorations well I can't I can't really say say how much that um, started desmond oh, are you arguing with me desmond said ramage you don't argue with me i've got cash and i want that tree Do you want me to get malcolm do you know how much business i put this place his way ramage builders and remodelers one word to malcolm and you're out on your ear sonny jim you don't want to argue with me desmond oh said a voice oh yes just perfect we all looked around to find an elderly vicar tottering towards us across the car park his hands clasped in front of him his eyes looking up in wonder at the big tree at least it is entirely possible that ramage and desmond "'saw an elderly vicar. "'What I saw was my friend Shiloh "'with talcum powder in his hair, "'a grey beard hastily glued round his chin "'and a dog collar on. "'I carefully backed away into the shelter of the trees. "'Oh, yes,' said Shiloh in a quavery voice. "'That will do just splendidly, just splendidly, "'right in the middle of the hall of the orphanage, you know.' "'That's mine,' said Ramage. "'Oh, but you won't mind, my good man.' said Shiloh. It's for the orphans for Christmas. They do love it so. That's my bloody tree, said Ramage, getting in between it and Shiloh. I'm paying cash. Desmond? Are you? So am I, said Shiloh, moving towards the tree. Will you take two hundred? Two fifty, roared Ramage, starting to turn red. It is a splendid tree, said Shiloh, reaching past Ramage to strike a branch. I could do three hundred and fifty for the children's sake. Five hundred! Ramage brushed Shiloh's hands away. Get your hands off my tree! And he grabbed hold of a string of lights. There was a pop and a sizzling noise and all the lights flashed off in unison. Ramage made an odd strangled noise, quite the quietest noise he'd made so far. A wisp of smoke curled out from under his baseball cap. His arm jerked impulsively and he turned away from the tree taking a turn of flex with him as he fell to the ground. He twitched once on the ground and then lay still, the lights wrapped round him flashing on and off, jolly red and green. He lay quite still and quite, quite dead.
0: have been listening to Deadvent Calendar, written by Tobias Sturt from an original idea by Tobias Sturt and Rowan Davis. The story is read by John Millington, and I read the murders. The music is The Slay by The Sportsman and by Mitch Miller and his orchestra and chorus, both from the Internet Archive. If you enjoyed this podcast, please spread the word, and even rate and review it if you can. You can find more on SoundCloud, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher and on our website at ruritania.co.uk stories and tune in next episode to open another fatal window in our dead All vent the calendar we are going onward through the night.